0: Hello, and welcome to the Anchor Podcast, a ministry of Rock Harbor Church. We want to help guide and grow you in your walk with the Lord by providing an in-depth study of God's Word. So please grab your Bibles and let's set a course for spiritual maturity. Here's Pastor Brandon with this week's message. Now we're going to segue into our, our uh, study today, and I might have to break this up in two because it's it's very in-depth in understanding what happened to Lot. And I want to take this time out of, uh, uh, of focusing on him because I don't think Lot should be n- neglected about what he did. I think we have to really investigate Lot. Um, so we're going to take a stop from looking at Abraham. I'm going to focus on Lot. And I'm going to bring in a little of Sodom and Gomorrah into this so you can understand. But here's the thing. There are five steps that Lot will take. And five steps, those five steps will indicate the end of a society. And that if he plays the role like he's going to play, it'll show you how a society goes to a place where they're destroyed uh, by God himself. And so if you understand the steps he takes, you'll understand the steps that America is taking or the rest of the world is taking, which ends up uh, in judgment. I think if something doesn't happen anytime soon, America's going to get slammed by God. You cannot continue to do what you're doing to children and, you know, allowing other kinds of things like possibility of pedophilia and sex changes, hormone blockers, the whole nine thing, whole nine yards with the, the children without God doing something. You can't mess with genetics like they're messing with. And messing with the life, the codes of life that God put in us to make us human, without God intervening. So, um, if something doesn't change in America, it's heading for destruction, and there's no other there's no other way. There's no there's no out of getting out of this. There's no reversing course, and that's what you're going to see with Lot. So, we're going to take our time because I think it's important because it shows us what's on that ground here. In America, so I want to pull from all these different verses in Genesis to show you the five steps. so the first thing you have to understand about the world is that the world system we call it or the Greek is cosmos the cosmos, as first John five says, the whole world lies in the power of the evil one and that, and that means that the governments the businesses the the everything education. Everything we see in society is controlled by Satan. It's, it's, he, he is called the God of this world. And not like planet Earth, per se, but of the system that's functioning in society. So he's the main controller of it. Therefore, if he is the main controller of it, the system will reward those who are part of the system. The system will, will give them sometimes what they want in order to get loyalty to the system. And whether or not the person understands that loyalty or not, it doesn't matter. If Satan can get you loyal to the system, then he basically has you loyal to him without you knowing it. Whether you, whether, whether you say, well, I'm not, I'm not part of that. Uh, No, you are. You are. If you're part of the world, you're part of that system. This is why we have the admonition in Scripture not to love this world, not to to be a part of it. You're in it, but you can't be a part of it. Because here's the thing, the system will tempt you to become part of it. It wants you to become part of it. And we call this worldly Christians or worldly believers because they have a lot of the world in them. And sometimes these believers are indistinguishable between worldly secular people. You can't, you can't tell the difference. And that's what we're having a hard time in the church right now, in, in the division in the church, is that we can't tell sometimes the difference between someone that claims to be a believer and someone that was just, you know, flat-out pagan. There's, there, you can't tell anymore. And so we're having this great split in the church. Well, anyway, the first thing we want to see in, in Lot's declension or a society's declension or an individual's declension is, first of all, understanding what the world system will do. The first thing we see is that the world system will offer us things that are off limits to us according to God. Okay, So Genesis 13.10, we, we've seen this, but I want to retrace it, the step. It says, and Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go towards Zoar. Okay, so understand this about the system. The system wants to make a deal with you. This is why all the politicians have made a deal with it. So they want to make a deal with the world system because the world system will offer them things that they want as long as they play by the rules of the system. Okay? So, if someone wants wealth, if someone wants power, someone wants fame or whatever that might be, uh, security, uh, you know, whatever, the system says, I can give it to you. I can give it all to you. But you have to be loyal to my morality. Now, see, the system has a different morality. It has different values. It has different ethics. Okay? Because the system comes from Satan. And so, to get the goods from the system, you must bargain, and you must give up your biblical morality, your biblical ethics, your biblical methodologies, in order to get... Those things. Now the system will make good on it. It will give you those things. You can sell out, and you will get it. But while, But when you get it, the very thing you get will eventually destroy you, and the system doesn't tell you that. So this is why people will bargain with the system. This is why Christians will become worldly. Now here's the thing: you and I have to make a living in this world. Okay. Before I got in the ministry. I was working in the secular world. I was a teacher. I was working at Columbia University. Um, I was working at on, on a, 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 a ranch that grew grapes. And so I had different jobs in the secular world. And so that's, that's part of life. You have to work and make a living. That's fine. But it's when you cave in or compromise your values in that job, or wherever, in order to get more, okay? Because the system's going to say, look, man, okay, you work for X, Y, and Z company, okay? As long as you do not compromise your Christian values in that company, you're fine, okay? But the minute they say, well, you know, we have this job promotion, and, you know, we have this higher position, or it's more pay, but... We need you to be our uh, inclusion, equity, diversity leader. And so we need to teach, you need to teach the employees at this level, the gay agenda, the LGBT agenda, the transgender agenda, how to use pronouns, yada, yada, yada. So in order to get the higher pay, in order to get the promotion or the position, you will be Forced to compromise your Christian values to get what it wants to give you. And unfortunately, that's what's happening right now. People are compromising their Christian values. They know it's wrong, but they will do it for the money. They will do it for the position. They will do it for the power or whatever it might be. Politicians are a classic example of this. But this is what, how, how the system sucks you in. It does promise you wealth. It does promise power. It does promise happiness. But you have to give up stuff. And you will have to give up your loyalty to Jesus for it. And this is where Lot is, is being tempted by it. Now the, what it says, he lifted his eyes. So what the world offers will hit your eyes first. Well, man, you know, Bob took that promotion and he's making a lot more money and now he has great vacations and he's doing this and that with his kids. I want to provide for my family. So what's what's the problem, even though I don't believe in it, Brandon, what's the problem with me, you know, becoming part of a system that now I have to uh, accept a dude that comes in the in the in the office with a skirt on and high heels and has red lipstick. You see what I'm saying? Or what what happens when they tell me I have to have another vaccine? Well, I don't want to lose my job, so I'll get the vaccine. You just saw in there all these people dying, all these people dropping like flies. But why did so many do it? Didn't want to lose their job. That's it. They didn't want to lose their job, but they're going to lose their life. They're going to lose their life. It's going to shorten their life. That's what we're seeing. The stats coming out. So when you do a deal with the devil and his system, oh, you'll get what you want. Well, Fauci promised us security that if you get this, you'll never get COVID. Liar. Because now you do get it. The higher rates of those who have been vaccinated get COVID higher than those who have natural immunity. That's the facts. So at the end of the day, people compromised with the system to get something from it. And like I told you, you will get something, but then that something will destroy you. That's the pattern. So let's talk about this. When Lot looks at the well-watered field, I, I I found this picture. I thought it was very apropos um, for the lust for the lust of the eyes, right? It really captures it, I think. So anyway. Lot sees it, right? He sees it, okay? Even though it's in Sodom and Gomorrah, even though these cities are wicked or whatever, he sees something that the world system offers him. So I can bring my flocks there. There's plenty of land. It's well watered. So I will grow in wealth. That's what it was all about. So we call this the lust of the eyes, okay? He sees something and he wants it. He wanted that land ...to make him rich, okay? So that's what he wants from the world system. The system is saying, yes, Lot, if you go there, we will make you wealthy. But what did it not tell Lot? It it didn't tell him that eventually you will have to give up your biblical values for it if you want it. Okay? So what is this about, lust of the eyes? The bottom line of of, uh, lust of the eyes is covetousness. Okay? You want something that's off-limits. It's, an, it's called an evil desire. We call it lust. It's something as visibly appealing to the person, but God says uh, it or the person is off limits in our desires. Okay. So right, right now, what a lot of the, the churches are doing, and a lot of Christians are, are not understanding this, is there some, they're, they're coming out as an example and saying, Hey, look, man, as long as you don't act on those desires, you're okay. What's the problem with that? Long as I don't act on my desires. Yeah, because this is what the LGBT movement that's in, inside the church is striving to say now. And a lot of pastors are saying this. They're saying, look, well, you're, you're born with a, with a gay orientation. So as long as you don't act on that gay orientation, then you're fine. Dude, you just made up a term that doesn't exist in the Bible. There is no gay orientation. There is no pedophile or, uh, orientation. There is no bestiality orientation. And there's, there shouldn't be a even a, a heterosexual adultery orientation. Okay? Or a thief orientation. That doesn't exist. So they're making a term saying, well, I'm oriented this way. To say that I, won't, I wasn't born this way, but the sin nature uh, gives me an orientation. Y- whatever that, that proclivity is, it must be overcome. That's the whole point of sanctification. It's not that simply, I don't do things on the outside. It's that my heart gets right. And that's where lust comes from. So, what they're saying today is you can be sexually oriented towards homosexuality or lesbianism, bestiality, uh, pedophilia, whatever, as long as you don't act on that. That's a lie. That's a flat out lie. It's a heresy. And Jesus nailed that. If you have an illicit desire inside of you, inside of you, it must be purged out. Okay? I don't care if you don't act on it. It must be gotten rid of. If you lust after women and you're a guy, that's got to get out of you at some point. You just can't live with that and be okay. Well, I don't act on it. I don't commit adultery. But you're doing it inside your heart. And Jesus said that's a sin. So it is a sin to have a wrong desire. If you have a homosexual desire, it is a sin. Can you get free of this? Yes, yes. But they're saying, no, you're just going to have to carry this proclivity all through your life. That's a lie. That's a total lie. And I'm telling you, this is how the church is going to compromise. You're going to hear it. Well, as long as you don't act on the desire. And I want to say, have you never read the Sermon on the Mount? The Sermon on the Mount, Jesus nailed them for that. It's not just outwardly, it's inwardly. And they were interpreting the Mosaic law incorrectly. Look what James says. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by what? His own desires and enticed. Your desires could be tainted. They could be tainted by the sin nature and by sin, and you could have an illicit desire. That's what Lot is doing. So the world system, back to the world system, will show you things and create an illicit desire for those things that God has said is off limits. Okay? The area in which Lot goes is off limits to him, by the way, because it's outside of the land. It's in the land of, uh, we would call it Jordan. But it's where the Dead Sea area is. And it's outside the boundaries of the land promise given to Abraham. So Abraham and him are forbidden to go outside of that place. So that's what he's doing. He sees something outside of it and he's going to go for it. I like what Haddon Robinson said about this. Remember old Haddon Robinson? Uh, He goes, in any given situation, what you are determines what you see. And what you see... Determines what you do. The problem with Lot is inside of him. It's his character. It's what he desires. He desires to be rich. That's just bottom lining it, and that's illicit because he decide, he wants to be rich in order to, you know, give himself the riches and be uh, be the partaker of those riches. This is in contrast to Abraham. Abraham has become wealthy in order to bless others. It's not becoming wealthy just to to live in a palace and, and, and treat yourself well. Abraham's wealth helps others. So it's about how he's handling it. So Lot, obviously, his character determines what he sees. Your character determines what you see. Guys, if you lust after women, it's because you see women as objects and vice versa. If you want to become rich... Where is that coming from? Is it coming from a desire from security, from provision? You don't trust God in security or provision? I'm not against the free market. I love the free market. It's biblical. But what is your ambition for? Is your ambition so that you could do more for others? Or would you just spend it on yourself? I remember telling God when I was in my 20s or whatever, and uh, asking him to uh, allow me to go on in baseball and become a professional, maybe go to the major leagues. This is what a, a 20-year-old thinks, right? Fantasy world, it's crazy. That's usually what you're at in 20s. And I said, Lord, if you let me get to the major leagues, I'll make all that money, and I'll, just, I'll be able to help other people. Crazy. But he, he stopped that, and I was fooling myself because what I've learned now that I'm nearly 50 is if I had had all that money, I would have went crazy i would have went, I would have spent it on myself, I would have bought a Ferrari, I would have bought all kinds of things I would be living in the Bahamas or Hawaii, and I would just live like a king that's that's now looking back on that that's that 's what I would have done and so i wasn 't honest with myself about making money and now isn't it funny that he keeps me at a level that prevents me from doing those very things. Isn't that funny? In a, in a, in a good way, I guess, because he knows I couldn't handle If I won the lottery, so to speak, not that I play the lottery, but if I won the lottery, I, I would go crazy. I would just spin like a drunk sailor on leave, and it would be gone in three years. I guarantee you it would be like that. Why? Because inside of me, there's a lust for that, right? That's the problem. So anyway, here's what's going on in Sodom. The Sodomites have moved past normal behavior, okay? And basically what the Sodomites had set up in Gomorrah, there's like five cities there, okay, in the Dead Sea area. They're all the same. They all get destroyed except Zoar. But anyway, what what is it that, uh, that is at the core of Sodom and Gomorrah? The core is they want to do whatever they want to do. They want to have what they want to have. And they do not want rules or constraints put on them from society and nor from God. Okay. In essence, you go back to Genesis 3, 5. And really what it is, is becoming a God unto yourself, okay? You you form your own identity, you decide what's right and wrong, and you do not let anyone put any constraints on you, okay? This is at the core of what's going on at Sodom and Gomorrah. This is the world that Lot will have to enter into if he wants that wealth. Now, think about that. What is any different than, than Sodom and Gomorrah, than the United States? We got people who refuse to be constrained, not only by society, but by God. They want to tell you that they're a male when they're a female biologically, or vice versa. They want to tell you that a kindergarten can make a decision to have a sex change and then chop off body parts. In order to have that sex change. Look, all this is is no constraints. I don't want to be told what I can and cannot do. I want to identify as whatever. Now you have people identifying as puppies, grown men identifying as puppies and doing puppy play. It's sick. Where are the constraints? Well, you can't constrain them because you must be puppy phobic when people act like puppies. I'm telling you, this is real deal stuff. But this is the the core of Sodom and Gomorrah. I identify my own identity by based on how I feel. I do what I want to do and no one will stop me. And I become a God unto myself in deciding what's right and wrong for me. And not from society. And if you judge me in any way, you're part of the male patriarchy or whatever. Now, here's the thing. If a person, an individual, will not play by society's rules and, and tell society, you must change to accommodate me, you will lose the society if it's allowed The fact that we are allowing the whole transgender and the whole, uh, grooming of children means that we're not constraining mental illness anymore. You understand that? That is mentally ill. If if people are in the pedophilia, if they're in the bestiality, if they're deciding what, whatever they want to be and their identity, guys, that's mental illness. And we're letting the mentally ill do this to our society. And society tells all of us to back off. You won't have a society, I'm telling you. Because that's what Sodom and Gomorrah was doing. If you cannot have people that play well in the group, society, state, nation, community, that won't go by... The authority lines of the society. You don't have one then. You just won't have one. And that's where we're going. Look at what happens to our schools. The authority lines that God has set up with the family unit. Okay? The family units, the authority over the child. Now that's being erased by the schools and the teachers. And they're saying, you don't have authority over children. Well, if you go against that, you don't have a society. The parental authority is the foundation of a society. At this point, you'll see in, in later on when we study Sodom and Gomorrah, there was no authority like that. There was no such thing as a parental authority. And that's what's happening now. And the fact that they can groom kids without parental knowledge, groom them into the LGBT, groom them into being gender... Uh, some other gender you're breaking down society there's no authority anymore so that's what's going on so look at this here's some here's some examples of what i'm trying to say so this guy and and he's a good guy don't get me wrong but he's he's playing into the insanity at a board meeting okay and he basically comes and says uh You know, I'm Julius Caesar. Listen to him. But he's doing this sarcastically towards them. He's making a point. Am I losing my sound? I am also a female. Does anybody. Let me start that again. I am Caesar. Julius Caesar of Rome, the emperor. I am also a female. Does anybody here believe that, that I am Julius Caesar? Anybody believe that? No? Of course not. It's ridiculous. I'm not Caesar. I'm not a woman either. I'm here as a father. And what his point was is you're letting these kids decide these crazy things, which is a sign of insanity. And he's right. Good for him. But you continue on. Gay pastor says drag shows are safer for children than churches. Yeah. This is the insanity. You understand that this is mental illness to say something like that. That guy's mentally ill. Democrat reformed Christian. I don't know what that means. Um, uh, (laughs) Because it doesn't make sense. Politician defends abortion at Calvin University. A Christian defending abortion. I'm sorry. That's such a black and white issue. Um, I, I I question your Christianity at that point. I I, I you, you that's you're for murdering babies and you call yourself a Christian. Wow, and this you got more of this right? The insanity. What I want you to focus in on in the picture is look at the crazy, insane, mentally ill, narcissistic parents that are sitting there, right? That are taking these poor children. These children don't know what's going on, but the parents do. That's the problem. These parents are mentally ill. They're beyond. When you when you could put your kid in front of that, there's something wrong with you. And I, 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 quite frankly, here's what happens. When you get so far into sin, you actually go mentally ill. And I think that's what a lot of these parents that, that take them to drag queen shows or whatever and stuff dollar bills in these guys' pants and allow the kids to do it, you're on the level of, of, of so far in sin that you're mentally ill. We have a society that's allowing this. Oops, let me do one more point. The world system appeals to the five senses as some worldly advantage slash benefit, okay? With the promise of escape to a so-called paradise on earth. Now if you look at Genesis 13:11 it says then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan and Lot journeyed east. And like last week I told you about journeying east refers to a spiritual declension from Adam to Cain to the Babylonians so forth. So I talked about that. But what I want to point out is he chose. So now we go from seeing to, to choosing. Okay. Now, when I, go back, when I go back to this picture, people will say, well, those, those parents are just ignorant. Just, just, they're just stupid. They're just fools. They, they, they don't know any better. No. No. It's not that they're fools. It's not that they're ignorant. When you see something and you decide you want it, you make a decision to go after it. At the core of what Lot did, he moves from seeing it to making a decision and he heads east. Those people who do that to their children have made a decision. It is Antichrist's decision. It is a lawless decision, but they made it and they're culpable for it. And everyone that's doing this in our society is culpable for the destruction of the United States. They are culpable. And so this is where you start realizing that people are responsible. They're not nitwits. They're not just off off the chain. You're responsible. So James says this, when desire has conceived, so you see something, you want it, and the minute you make a decision to go after it, it's conceived. I'm doing it. And then you will start a plan of how to do it. And that's what Lot's plan was. His plan was to go east. And we'll see what happens. But here's the thing these people in our world have made a decision. And their decision, if you haven't realized it, is to take over the world, is to take everything over and become the gods of this world, the elite. And then you and I will become nothing like slaves. To them, serfs, peasants, and we'll all be poor. That's what they're planning to do. So they're in their minds. They have already made this decision and they're moving forward. The next decision they have made. And this is why you see the banking collapses. You see the economy. You see inflation rates, all this other stuff. The green economy is to go to a central bank digital currency. That's next. They have already made the decision to do this guys. Furthermore, they have made the decision to go green. Why? Because going green collapses the economy. And they're going to use their little, their little tools to be the voices for them, like the, the professors in the colleges and the teachers in the schools are being used as tools to promote the green agenda while it destroys our economy. But the decisions has already been made. Furthermore, we're now going to practice diversity, equity, inclusion, which is nothing but a Marxist way of infiltrating every sector of society with people who are unfit to work. Okay? So you're not going to get the greatest and the brightest in the medical profession. Are you okay with that? I'm not. Because we've got to have a person of color on, on, on this or on that. I was at Cape Canaveral. I think it was Cape, yeah, the Kennedy Space Center. When I was back there in uh, Florida, and we're watching these videos through, uh, you know, through the history of NASA and all this other stuff. By, by the way, it's all German engineering. By the way, we brought we brought a lot of German scientists over, and we they built our rockets. By the way, so the rockets we have today is German engineering from the 1930s. How'd that happen? But anyway. Their big thing, because NASA's woke, we're going to go back to the moon. I don't know what for, but we're going to go back to the moon and we're going to put our first people of color on the moon. That was their big deal. And it's like, I don't care what color somebody is. Why do you have to make an issue about it? Because diversity, equity, inclusion. Why don't you do this? Why don't you add uh, more to this and say we're going to put the first transgender on the moon? why don 't you do that too? Because this is what it 's all about it 's about getting people that are not qualified into high ranking positions. Why? Because then you, they don 't know what to do, and you can you can control them that 's why. How about this? Because of diversity equity inclusion we 're not going to have the pilots go through the extensive training that they need to have in order to fly planes because you know people of this and people of that they don't have that kind of iq and so we're just going to let them bypass a lot of their training is that the kind of pilot you want in the seat flying your airplane because he's a certain color or she's a certain color or th- the fact that they're transgender homosexual whatever is that the kind of pilot you want no you don't that's scary that's scary But that's what this does. Pfizer rolls out new multi-million dollar RSV vax. That's coming. They've already made a decision on it. COVID unearthed emails of 2020 proved that COVID PCR testing was a scam. Did you know that? The decision was made to do the PCR testing because it made millions of dollars. Millions. It was all about money. Silicon Valley gave its employees bonuses just hours before it collapsed. Hmm, I wonder if they knew something was coming. It's planned. Do you understand the banking collapse was planned? False paradises are dystopian because they were without God, authority, truth, true liberty, or restraint. We cannot build heaven on earth. And that's what the globalists are trying to do. They're trying to build heaven on earth without God, having a garden of Eden without God. And you know what happens when you don't have God? You have hell. And that's what they're creating, a dystopian environment in the United States. And they've already made a decision. So with Lot, go back to Lot, his mentality is he found paradise on earth. And so he thinks he's going to go into paradise. And this is the mistake that people make. They think they can find paradise by what the world offers them. And they can't. Paradise will only be introduced by Jesus himself. Not by anything you, can, you and I can do or anything the world can give us. And that's the mistake. Humans look for escape from reality. They look for a place to escape to. A, a, a paradise. This is interesting. When my kids were little, I used to take them to Disneyland. I hate to say that, but I did. Because uh, I'm not going back now. And thank God. And I don't know if you ever noticed it. it you know, the, when you go through the arches and the gateway, it, it, it says the happiest place uh, on earth or whatever. But you never look behind and you see the other sign behind it when you leave it. it says, <laughs> you've never seen this, probably. It says... Um, Abandon hope, all ye who enter here, because you have entered hell. And so, I'm just joking, but nonetheless, (laughs) because when you go there, it is hell. And anyway, but here's what we noticed when our kids were growing up. We'd take them, and we started seeing less and less families at Disneyland, because that was typically a family place. You brought your kids, and yada, yada, yada. It was typically that way when Walt did that, right? But what we started noticing as our kids got older is saying, look at the crowd. My wife and I would just look there, like, "Yeah, I see it." Hardly any families, and a bunch of adults that ha- are Peter Pan's, the boy who never grew up. So we started watching the takeover of Disneyland by every millennial and every weird activity you could possibly imagine. It turned. LGBT almost overnight. And that's all that we we saw. It wasn't families. It was millennials that were primarily gay or Gen Z that was primarily gay. And there was no kids. So it turned into, and I I realized I'm trying to assess this. And I'm thinking, what is this about? And you know what? I, I figured it out. It's an escape from reality to a paradise that's held within a wall city. That's what it really became for them. And and I thought, wow, if this is your version of heaven, that's pretty sad. But it, to them it was. And it became that on, on, heaven on earth for them where no one ridicules them and they have Mickey ears that have rainbows and everyone affirms them. And then I started watching people walk through. I saw a dude with a beard walking through he was going to work at some uh corn uh, corn dog stand and he was wearing a dress and i said okay i'm done i'm done why do i say that it's an illustration of what lot wanted to do it's an illustration that he actually decided to go into the world to get the wealth and have this paradise on earth without god and that's the second part of what what Lot does the next time we see Lot you will actually see him in the city because he's become just one of them he's indistinguishable so what i'm trying to say is this is happening to a lot of christians they want something that the world offers and i can tell you don't go for it don't accept it don't they want satan is bribing you to go in it and and I'm telling you, whatever you take from Satan, it will destroy you. Resist. You're in the world, but you don't, you're not of it, right? You stay away from that. You got to do your life, you got you to work and do whatever you need to do, but at the end of the day, don't take the bribe to compromise your values of Christianity, okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you a lot, Lord, for what we can even learn from Lot's life. We're going to continue this, Lord, but help us to let this sink deeply in us so that we don't compromise in the future with the world system, putting all kinds of crazy stuff on us, Lord. Help us to stay strong in you, to not gaze our eyes on what the world offers, but to gaze our eyes on Jesus and focus on him only, Father. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here that doesn't come, doesn't know the Lord, they would come to faith in him today, understanding that he died on a cross for their sins, was buried and rose on the third day to give everlasting life to anyone who believes. We pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for another lesson. We hope that this message is a blessing for you and helps you grow towards a more mature understanding of God's word. For more information about our ministry, we invite you to check out our website at rockharborchurch.net. Until next time, remember, keep looking up for our redemption draws near.